Welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast. End of the season has arrived, and of course, we've already recorded a podcast talking about that playoff defeat to a team that has just completely gone out of my mind. Um, Luton Town. Luton Town. Just completely <laughs> blanked there. Feels like it's been weeks without football, and it hasn't already, months to go. But of course, at the end of every season, we will go through the best moments, the best goals, the best players and everything along the lines of that, and we'll not waste any time, and we'll get straight into everything that happened throughout the season. And the first thing we will start with, and I'll start with you on that one, Michael, mm-hmm. will be moment of the season. So what's it's up to like... okay. you how you want to interpret it, but moment of the season. Could be on the pitch, off the pitch, anything. In the stands, <laughs> whatever you want. Okay. Um... Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll go around this. I'll go best and worst. I'll start with worst. I think the worst moment for me was probably losing 5-1 to Stoke. Everyone knows my opinions on Alex Neal, so I won't go into that. But yeah, that was horrendous. But best moment, it's got to be Preston. And I think it's probably, and I think you you probably relate to it because I think you were there, weren't you? Um, so I think, I think if you're, I mean, it would have been a great moment even if I'd gone and watched it in the pub. But I think being in that away end is just something that hits completely differently. Um, especially the moment when Blackburn beat Burton Diaz, earned himself in Sunderland folklore by scoring the winner against Millwall to get us in the playoffs. That was just a crazy, crazy day out and one I'm never going to forget. Yeah, that's fair enough. Adam, moment of the season. And you can chuck in the worst one as well if you want. Uh, I completely agree with Michael. Um, the best one definitely has to be even it went 3-3 and then 4-3 and just standing on the chairs, turning around, sticking fingers up, letting everyone know the score. No one's believing yet. Everyone's asking the mate, is it, is it, is it 4-3? Is it 4-3? It's five. <laughs> For me, that is the best game I've ever been to. Yeah. And I think as a football fan... You also go the more stressful though. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's what makes it so good. And as a, as a football fan, you go to football matches to and you support a team to have days like that. And honestly, I generally don't think that Luton or Coventry, if they were to win at Wembley, it will top that day in that away end at Preston. Yeah. Unless someone did tell me it was 5-3 at some time in that game. And yeah. it turns out it never was. Because um, for me, that, that day Preston beat Wembley last year. The playoff win? The playoff win. I'm not, not necessarily the weekend. I'm on about the, the actual football match itself and the feeling, the emotions. The Preston game will never, ever, ever be topped, I don't think. I can see why you say that, to be fair. Would it have been top if we got to Wembley? Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. Because <clears throat> the the actual emotions of winning a game of football, like like for w- Wickham, for example, when we beat Wickham to at Wembley, the thing that was amazing about that was going down to the to Trafalgar Square with your friends and your family and like just having the best weekend ever. But the actual game of football, the it, it had two moments of like relief and happiness. But the Preston game. It was just this full second half was just stress, like happiness, like just it had everything you want in a football game for me. And I, I just think that pressing game was far and away the best game I've ever been to. And even if we then went to Wembley this year and won, I still don't think the actual emotions of that second half at Deepdale could be topped. Fair. <clears throat> Fair way of putting it. Um, next one is game of the season, which again, starting with you, Michael, depends how you want to interpret it. I do think of... we should maybe. Go on. Maybe. Go on, Adam. Go on. Adam's. Oh, well, well, 
Yeah. While you're quickly saying that, what I will say to in defence, what Adam said is, uh, I do kind of get it. I think that the that the moment in we one of the reasons I say Preston is because of the singular moment when of the roar from the away end when Brayton Diaz put Blackburn four three up, and that was something else. And then the roar because their their game finished a minute ahead of ours, I believe. So yeah. once we found out they'd won, we were in the top six. That was just a special special moment, especially for a team that came up through the playoffs just a year ago. It was. <clears throat> and I'm sure Adam was about to make the best point anyone's ever made there, but he has disappeared somewhere. So, like I say, game of the season, I'll start with you, Michael, and interpret it how you want in terms of from a neutral point of view, from our point of view, from, you know, the goals and the game that were scored, however you want to interpret it. Well, it's a few different criteria. It depends because game of the season, obviously, it's a few different um, criteria that you could judge it by. If you're talking in terms of, wait, okay, for me, even though everyone knows by now I don't like conceding goals at all, I have to be honest, the 4-4 against Hull was probably some of the best entertainment. If from an attacking point of view, that's some of the best I've seen um, Sunderland play. And if you want to look at any of the goals, just go and look at the fourth goal against Hull. The way that we transitioned from back to front so quickly with confidence in the space of, what, probably 20, 30 seconds was just something that, that I've not seen Sunderland do. And yes, it's in the Championship, not the Premier League, but we've had four years of League One, so I think we I think we're due a bit of moment, due a bit of good fortune. But I mean, so that was probably game of the season from like an entertainment perspective. If you're talking like it's in performance of the season, there's quite a few of them. I think the Borough win stands out. I'll stop you there because that is very much the next one. Okay, well, I'll I'll shut up with that then. If you're talking game of the season for entertainment, then I would go with Hull. But obviously not for me personally, but I can, I think just from an attacking point of view, that was was uh, entertainment value, shall we say. Yeah. And I think that was the game where a lot of people thought the playoff hopes had died, really. Much, me, myself, much included. Um, thankfully, you could see it was a point that got us into the playoffs. So. It was. The 4-4 is definitely the most, probably, entertaining game. I think our biggest win was away at West Brom. And I think one of the most enjoyable away games was Wigan away, the 4-1. Oh, don't get me started. Any game against Wigan's enjoyable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. They've got a four points deduction next season as well, don't they? Yeah. Or is that three points? Four, four, yeah. Yeah. Make of that what you will. Do with that what you will. Um, like Michael was about to allude to their performance of the season. Um, again, starting with you, Michael, there is a few. Um, there definitely you, is. You can look at some of the... You know, Preston is probably up there, to be honest. Like you, like you said, a couple of the other ones as well. Middlesbrough, albeit probably slightly um, down to a, a refereeing decision, which possibly went our way. Not going to say too much on that one. But performance of the season for you would be? Yeah, I mean, I, I forgot about West Brom, actually, but I think we've played better than that. Yeah, I think if, if I had to look at it, certainly for a home performance, which is a bit easier to pick from, Borough, um, and probably in a wave performance. Oh, God, I should have really thought of this before I came on. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I'll, since you already mentioned Preston, I think I probably would stick with... Actually, I'll tell you what, no, I'll go with slightly different. Um, because Wigan and Preston were good from an attacking point of view. But probably one of our best performances was Burnley away for me. Um, and bear in mind, this is a Burnley... I mean, we were the last team, I think, that took points off Burnley before their promotion was secured. So that, that in itself is quite incredible, really, to go there when we 
were really not fancied. We just had, I think that was just after the international break, and I believe Danny Barr had been confirmed to pretty much be out for the rest of the season. Um, sorry, not Danny Barr, Dan Ballard. Um, that was before the point where he got injured on for Northern Ireland. Um, oh, I can't remember what nationality he is. I don't really care. But <laughs> we, we, yeah, so my geography was never my strong point, never will be. Um, but yeah, that performance was great. We contained Burnley to probably one or two good chances at best and probably could have nicked it ourselves. I think Burnley was just an all-round great performance. And I think against a team that ended up walking the league, that's no mean feet away from home. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Adam, performance of a season? <laughs> I think two that stand out to me is either Fulham away in the FA Cup. I thought just being Good able shout. to uh, show our own against a Premier League outfit, that's, you know, I think their manager's been nominated for manager of the season as well, hasn't he? And <clears throat> a little bit more niche, but I thought the first half against Cardiff away, um, we were just so on top of them playing probably the best quick uh, move football. Oh, it's gone again. I'm back. Oh, he's back. back. <laughs> I, uh, my phone went off. Um, what did I get up to? Cardiff. Tell me about how we bossed Cardiff in the first half away. Just, yeah, just the first half is class. And I think after about 30 minutes, um, their manager panicked. And did he not make like two or three substitutions? <sighs> Testing knowledge. Possibly. Here. I remember Possibly. someone made a few changes. I think it might have been Cardiff, yeah, when they made changes well before half time. Yeah, I've just checked. They made two changes on the 36th minute and then again at half time. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that one. There's quite a few performances, I think, throughout the season. There's definitely a few that would uh, go the other way as well, but we'll leave them out because <laughs> next we'll go with probably the hardest one goal of the season, which none of which were nominated for goal of the year, which is quite remarkable. But, you know, you've got Ahmad's pretty much 13 of the 14 goals that he scored for us. Um, <laughs> Jack Clark scored quite a few good ones. Obviously, the one at Redden, which I'm sure will come up. Um, so many you can pick from, but pick one. Well, scandalous, I think, is the word you're looking for, that none of these goals were nominated for goal of the season. But I think, for me, it's quite... it's Amongst all the great goals we've scored, the obvious one for me is still the, the goal at Reading, which... Which to this day should have been goal of the season. Like that's the proper goal of the season. Just the, I've just again, like I said earlier, I have never ever seen Sunderland play football like that. I've never seen. And again, watching it, I was in the pub at the time watching it, and I didn't realise or appreciate at the time how good it actually was. So to go and Reading, I know they got ended up getting relegated, but weren't Reading top three at that point? Weren't they like near the top of the division? They were. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I thought they were. So, you know, and that was the first time they, and if, I, if my memory's correct, that's the first time they dropped points at home, let alone lost at home. So that third goal just exudes confidence, exudes the character of the team, just the faith they've got in each other to meet, to sort of just complete triangles and meet each other's passes. And it was just really, really good. So, yeah, for me, Reading away goal of the season, but there's, there's a library of goals you could pick from this year that could be um, for that accolade. Yeah. Uh, goal of the season for you, Adam. Yeah, again, I, I'm. I never really like giving a goal of the season to someone who's just kicked the ball really hard. I think you know it, it should always go to us, like a well worked team goal. And I think um, Huddersfield away was one that we had. Um, West Brom away was another, but yeah, 
Redden for me, definitely. But different uh, bowers because at the time I was in, in the pub and the thing that made it brilliant was how we all appreciated it at the time. So the ball got played to someone, he flicked it on, the pub went, oh, another flick, oh. And then straight <laughs> down the oh. And then as that ball goes across, across the clock, everyone was like, oh, oh. And as it hit the net, it was just like, wow. It was incredible. and I, I, I needed to have been in that pub. That sounded great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't be listening back to that last 10 seconds, by the way, either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to just clip that and post that as a tease after the podcast. Oh, go on, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's so many other goals as well that probably no one, if you asked that question, would ever bring up, but would definitely be a conversation. Um, I'd say pretty much every Ahmad goal that he scored, the Preston one, the Luton free kick, there is... Quite a few of them, isn't there? Well, Wigan away is another one. About Wigan. Six weeks in a row, uh, Dan was um, was clipping up goals and putting them on Twitter because of how good they yeah. were. It was getting them likes. Yeah. Like someone else in here. Um, signing of the season. Dare say I know where this one's going to go, Michael. Or maybe not, because I know what you like to point out. Oh, signing of the season. Well, uh, I suppose again. Yeah, it, it, I think it depends because there's one from defence in it. I think Dan Ballard, but obviously he's missed half the season, hasn't he? Um, you know what it is? I know that, Adam, you, both of you are going to mention someone really obvious. I'm going to end up kicking myself, but screw it. Um, Ahmad's got to be up there. For, I think the two that stand out to me are probably Ahmad and, of course, signing Jack Clark permanently. Yeah. Um, I suspect that was who you thought I was going to go with. But, yeah, Jack Clark is just someone, obviously, again, that I've championed for so long. Um, and the, to, to be fair, last season he was inconsistent in League One, but I think this season he's got our most goal contributions combined with goals and assists, hasn't he? Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, okay, I, was, I mean, I don't. I think Ross. I could be wrong on this, but I feel like Ross Stewart is second on that. Probably would be. And he's only which is quite remarkable. I, I feel like he had about fifteen goal contributions. I'm going to check while you keep talking. Something like that. But... I know he definitely got ten goals in the appearances that he made, which is insane. But yeah, I would say, I mean. It's hard because because if, if you're thinking about Ahmad or Clark, who's made, Clark in terms of numbers has made the bigger contribution. But I think that Ahmad's moments are better because they just you can tell he's just got that level above the championship. And it's a sh- and again, it's a shame we're not going to see him again. I don't think it's certainly not next season. So if you if you're pushing me for an answer, oh yeah, I've, I've, I've got to go Ahmad. He's just too good. Yeah, that's that's the only answer it could be. My, my dad said he's he's never seen a player. Like I'm at at some number four. He's never seen someone as good as him at some number four. Like through through his technical ability, and I don't think we ever will see anyone again. I've I've never seen a footballer have so much control over every single part of his body, like and and not necessarily like um, long distance speed, but over short distances, his acceleration to go both ways is just incredible. And I think the goal at home to um to Millsborough shows that the best. You know, he's left, he goes right, he goes left, and it's just a goal within like. Two seconds, not even that. He's he's just remarkable. Like, yeah. Okay, just to rephrase it, you could sorry to interrupt, but you could go loan signing of the season. Ahmad, permanent Jack Clark sorted. Yeah, that's a fair way of putting it. And just looking there, Clark got twenty four contributions. Then it was Ahmad with eighteen, and then it was Ross Stewart with fourteen. Do you know what's wow. you know what's a little bit worrying though, right? Um, for sign of the season, who who else who actually could? Come close, got like let's say, let's say we had Jack Clark last season, okay. So I, I know it's technically a permanent signing, but 
he hasn't been added to the squad, if you get what I mean. Ahmad is a loan signing. If you look at our other signings, none of them have actually done... Like, like Dan Bollard has, but he's been injured for, for the majority of it. We haven't actually had a signing that's stayed in our team for the full season. Am I wrong on this, or did Patrick Roberts sign this season? But he again, joined us permanently. You know what I mean? Like, me, but I, we basically I'm on signed him. actual signings. We haven't had a signing coming to our team and actually do incredible, have we? Which I think... Well, again, I've only just thought team, about this there, to be fair. You, ha- you, ha- like, you have and you haven't, because you've got Ballard, who's been good when he's played, and it's just Very an unfortunate injury. Ballard, you've got, really. obviously, Sims, again, another loan signing, but when he was here, he was scoring goals, went back in January. Bennett, who got injured again, didn't really play too much before that, but still got, I think, three or four goal contributions. Um, Equa never really played much. I think James would disagree with that, though, if you were to say he's not a good signer. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> but what I mean is, I think so much credit, but I've only just realised there, we haven't actually signed a player who we didn't have last season that's played a lot of games this season and has been amazing. Like, Ballard is a great signing and he's one of the best centre-halves in the Championship, but even he, he hasn't played much this season. I just think it's not, it's just an interesting point, if anything. Yeah, I know what you mean, but, yeah, Gav Hart, technically. Yeah, but again, he's on loan. Yes, and loan signings are the way in the championship, aren't they? That's brilliant to be fair. <laughs> most improved player, Michael. Oh, most improved. Well, recent week, I'll, I'll satisfy James. I mentioned this most um, in recent weeks, probably Pierre Equa. Um, mm. Another example of people writing players off way too quickly. But um, okay, if I had to put most improved, probably there's two candidates that stand out to me. And one of them I didn't think could could cope it in the championship, but he has. Luke O'Nine. I think Luke O'Nine's been just incredible. I always saw him as a really good, robust League One player. But would you, would you say he was improved though, or would you say that people just underestimated the ability that he could have in the championship? Maybe, yeah. but I, 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 I probably say. Well, I suppose you could argue underestimated, but I just think. Well, put it this way: Did you see when you start the season? Did you see Luke O'Nine starting regularly for us and playing well? I didn't. So for that reason, for me, I would you could I, yeah, it's a funny one. Okay, I'll right, scratch it. Even if you want to don't want to include Luke O'Nine for me, Dennis. <laughs> if you don't yeah. want to include Luke O'Nine, Dennis Serkin's the other one. Um, because Dennis Serkin's a goal machine now. You know, just just stick him up front. But he's someone. I mean, I've been a big fan of Dennis Serkin anyway. But I think Serkin's just get all round game this season when he's played has been really really good. Um, I know he's obviously had a few injury spells and if you and he obviously had that concussion at Millwall, but. Which is quite funny. He scored a set piece at Millwall, which is the last place I'd expect Sunderland. To, we don't expect us to go score set pieces anyway, let alone at a place like Millwall. But yes, I would say Dennis Sturkin, but I, th- I would still personally put Luke O'Nine in there because I didn't think he'd be good enough for the championship. But delight- that, that's just who I would go with. Yeah, that was a fair way. Adam? Um, I think there's four people, possibly. I think, first of all, look at the wingers. Clark and Roberts, they've yeah. had far better seasons this season than they did last season in League One. Um, I think Clark is the one that I was thinking of the most. I think he got, I think it was four goal contributions last season in League One. Mm-hmm. And then he's twenty. Yeah, he's, season, he's jumped up to twenty odd, whatever it is. You've got um, Corey Evans, who I think ninety nine percent of the Sun fan base thought he was rubbish last season, and as soon as he got injured this season, we kind of realised how important he was. But I think the answer has got to be Trey Hume. 
I think when we saw him last season, he looked weak. He looks like a bit off the pace. Um, and this season, he's just been fantastic. He has. <clears throat> and I think even Patrick Roberts as well. Even Pritchard could be in there as well. You could be any of them, you know. There's quite a few you could put in. Cause I think even Pritchard, you know, even before he signed for Sunderland, championship-wise at least, struggled to get goals and assists. Um, I'm not actually sure what numbers he got in League One. Um, if I can quickly check, but I don't think it was good. But I think Robert's got, I think, 11 goal contributions this season. Um, obviously, like I said, Jack Clark as well. Richard got Five times. Left. Was it 11 last season for him? Yeah. So there is quite a few players you could throw in there. Um, and last but not least, player of the season, which, again, there's a few you could go with. Um, I think a couple stand out more than anyone else. So, Michael? Are you doing young player of the season as a category, or are you just going player of the season? Straight up player of the season. Right, okay. Um, well, the obvious one is already Danny Bart. He's been the colossal rock at the back, and I think, and I think, I mean, again, I mentioned the Burnley game earlier, and I think he's an example of why we got a result out of that game, because of how just how good defensively he was. But obviously, you know, there's other ones. Jack Clark's up there. Ahmad's up there. You know, Dennis Serkin, I think, is a shout from there. Dan Ballard when he played. But yeah, for me, it's got, I mean, I think it's a pretty obvious one because I think a lot of people view him this win. I think he won Sunderland's player of the season. But yeah, Danny Bart for me. He did. Adam, player of the season. I'd, I, th- I, f- I feel like whenever I get asked this, I, tr- I try to uh, overcomplicate it. I think I might. No, the- trust me, I do that. You're fine. Like Ahmad is has been a player of the season. I think everyone was like has to see the player of the season. And the only reason you wouldn't say he's player of the season is if you overcomplicate it, which is what I'm going to do as well. So <laughs> for me, I think I think Luke O'Neill because personally, like I, I did expect him to be able to play at this level, but he's he's took on this centre half wall by himself, and I think you you know Dan, Danny Ballard's been injured, Danny Bath's been injured. <laughs> He has been our centre-half, and he's not even the centre-half. Like, he's the person we've looked to for leadership and stuff in the final few games and in the playoffs and stuff. And yeah. he's, he's took he's took that role on superbly. So, I, I, I think you've got to give the look all night. I think it's mental how long he's been here as well. It's five is years, isn't it? Something I feel like, like five yeah. years. Do you know what it is? I think because, like, everything's been happening and, like, new things have happened and we've had promotions and a bit of excitement and stuff, I think... Time goes quicker when you're doing stuff like that. If we were just like staying the same league for five divisions, um, on the trot, like just mid-table, not doing anything, I think it would feel a lot longer. Yeah, I do wish we had promotions, but unfortunately, it was just a promotion. Yeah, yeah true. Mm. <laughs> um, Lyndon Gooch playing centre half as well at the end of the season, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, a very interesting one. But that is it for that. Um. And of course, you know, there's so much to happen between now and the start of next season, which I think is the seventh of August. Something like that. I think, I think the Premier League I think the Premier League starts on something like the thirteenth, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's the first week so, in August, yeah. I'm fairly sure that the season starts. We always start a week before the Premier League. Fourth to the sixth, isn't it? I think. Somewhere like that. Close enough. <laughs> so, you know, there's still a long time to go between now and then. Um you know, the last podcast we did, we talked about the Mowbray situation, whether he was staying, whether he was going, the fact the club need to sort that out sooner rather than later, and it seems like they have, because it seems like he is staying, um, which I think everyone probably agrees with after the season we've had. 
you know, Bellingham, the rumours of him coming in just start the kind of the summer, the rumours, the, uh, the sign-ins which Sunderland do need to make. And between now and the sign-ins, we'll have some podcasts out to talk about just absolute crap, really, um, just to get stuff out there, a few things here and there. The next one, which we'll try and get done early next week, will be unpopular opinions, which a lot of people have actually replied to. And I think you said, even you said, Adam, that you looked through some of them and they were remarkably outrageous, some of them. Unpopular opinions, they were just wrong facts, weren't they? They were, some of them were. (laughs) I'm going to try and find a couple now just to to tease that next podcast. Um, The worst one was that um, someone said that... um, Patrick Robertson and the Diallo's link-up player. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, it did us more harm than good. Yeah, yeah, that it um, and that it made made Jack Clark isolated. Well, that was the whole point. Yeah, I'll pick a couple that we can look at very quickly. We didn't overachieve. We got the minimum at accept slash accept from a squad of his quality. Michael, quickly finished fifth in League One, came up, and we were promoted club. That should answer that question. That is a very fair point. Um, here's one for you, Adam. Onion is massively overrated. Disagrees with it so much that he's not even there. All I'll, say is, all I'll say is that's unpopular for a reason. It is. No, um, I was there. I just said that is just, a, again, a wrong fact. It is, very much. It's all opinion-based, but some opinions are just wrong, aren't they? Can I just ask your opinions on one more before you finish? What do you, oh. think about, what do you reckon about the um, if we would have won the playoffs if we kept our team fit and, and if Alex Neal hadn't gone to Stoke? Because that was one of them. If Alex Neal hadn't gone to Stoke, I don't think we'd have made the playoffs. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. It's the question, basically the question you're asking is, would Ross is Ross Stewart more worthy to the side than Alex Neal is detrimental to the side? I think that is the question that's, that goes on. Um, mm. I don't know, I'd probably say I think we'd have made them the best team doesn't always win the playoffs anyway so you can't really do that, I think making them is the achievement itself Yeah, it's a lot of reaction, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But we'll see But there is approximately 200 replies to that tweet um, so we'll, over two podcasts we'll go through as many of them as we can and I'm sure that will raise a lot of discussion in the podcast, but like I said, we'll try and get out early in the next week. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.